I'm not sure how many of you actually have idols in your home. I mean, for him to literally have idols by his bedside and placed all around them. Um, so you might look at that story and go, man, I don't know if I can really relate to that because I didn't have that kind of experience. Um, did you guys know you can relate to that? See, I mean, it would be interesting, wouldn't it, <clears throat> that when God kind of gets a hold of your life, how, I, I almost think it'd be kind of cool to be able to go, oh, I got to take these. The, the fact that Naveen could go around and literally pick up tangible idols, throw them in a trash bag, walk across the street, and get rid of them. Now, that would be awesome, because the, my problem is you can't see my idols, right? See, we all actually have lots of gods, in our life. Well, actually, no, you probably can see them. If you actually just look around your house, you, you can see them. They just don't look like um, those type of gods. But here's, here's the reality is, is Naveen worshiped. He worshiped them. That's what he said. He goes, I sought them. I looked to them to help me with life. Um, we're going to do a series right now, and we're just simply going to call it worship, and here's why. Because the truth is, everybody worships. We all do. Um, some of you here, you've devoted your life to God and you, you, you have committed your life to Christ. And so you would say, yeah, I worship him. Um, some of you might be here today and you're checking out the whole God thing. And you're wondering about if Jesus Christ and this teaching that's gone around for 2000 years could potentially be a connection to God. Um, so you might not say that, yeah, I'm a real worshiper of God, but if you're a human being, you worship There's something inside of every one of us that does this. So here's a really simple definition that I read from uh, Louis Giglio. He said this, Worship is our response to what we value most. That's what worship is. It's your response to what you value most. See, when you find that thing that you worship, what you're saying is you've concluded that it is worth most to you. This thing in your life is worth most to you. In fact, what's interesting about worship, it came from an old, old English word that meant worth-ship. It's just worth-ship. And we all do that. And so, but what's interesting is as soon as you figure out what you value and what has more worth to you than anything else on this planet, it determines then, the thing you worship determines your actions And it becomes the driving force in everything that you do. It becomes your focus. You focus on it. And what's really interesting about that, you guys, is if you think about it, you dream about it, you figure out how to be engaged with it, how to experience it, whether this is a person or whether it's something that brings you pleasure or it's your job. I mean, you will give your time and your devotion and your energy to it. Finances, just go to that thing. They're not even considered a sacrifice. It's just because it's what you want to do. So if you're people who live by budgets, whatever you worship is in your budget because it's of most importance to you. You value it. It's worth your whole life. So you find a way to get it into your budget. And if you don't have a budget, you go into debt. (laughs) Seriously, because you will spend money on what you care about and what's really important in your life. And here's the other thing that's so interesting about the thing that you value most is you can't not talk about it. You, you'll just find yourselves talking about it all the time and you'll want other people to experience it because it's so good. Man, it's worth it for me, so it's worth it to you as well. So here's a question today. 
Why do we every week have a worship service? Why if churches, churches, I'm having puberty issues, sorry. <clears throat> why, why do have churches for the last 2,000 years felt like one of the things we have to do is get together on a regular basis intentionally and come together and worship? And the reason is because we believe that there is something of inestimable worth There is something that is so valuable that it is worth our complete focus and our energy and our time. We want our lives to revolve around it, and it is Jesus. We worship him. So we gather together so we can think about him, so we can engage with him, so we can receive from him, so we can praise him. So hopefully by the time we're done with this day, we can center our lives around him. And so what, and, and, and specifically too, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later, we're going to talk about why do we sing <laughs> too? Because that's always been a part of worship. If you grew up in any type of Christian atmosphere or background, you, a lot of times people will say, what's worship? It's, well, it's when we sing. Why do we do that? Why do we take here at K2, 95% of the time, take a huge section and actually sing? must be worth it. And yet, um, I think that partly, um, when we gather here together, I, I believe there's a whole lot more that could be happening in your heart than what's happening. And I, I think for me too. And so we're going to spend three weeks and we're going to say, how can we, when we gather together in a worship service, actually experience and engage with God to the point where it affects our whole life. And, um, and I'm excited about that. So let me pray for us before we jump in, and, um, and then we'll, and we'll dive right into the, to what we got to share with you today. Let's pray. Oh, God. Oh, man, what a glorious day. We wake up and we see this morning, and it just does something to our soul, and we just want to say thank you praise you for it. And God, thank you for everybody who's here today who has given up time and given up the beauty of this day. Some people gave up sleep to be able to come here because you are worth it, because you are valuable enough. And Lord, I just want to ask um, right now in this moment that you might just take every word that comes from my mouth and open our eyes Open the eyes of our heart so that we can see you and see how valuable you really are and see why it's worth orienting our life, focusing our life on you. Because God, help us too. I just pray you'd help us to see the things we do worship, the things that garner our attention and our love and our devotion and help us to maybe today see why you're the only one really who's worthy of our worship. I pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys. So uh, Christian already mentioned it, but if you've come in late, so my name is Dave Nelson, and uh, I'm the lead pastor here at K2. And um, it really is an absolute joy uh, to be with you. And I I just hope that we'll have the same experience we had first service. Um, cause, uh, cause the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. He, he shows up when that kind of stuff happens. So, all right. So here we go. 
Why is it that we might want to worship God? Why is it that we might want to praise him, to have him have really high value in our life? Okay, there's two reasons. It's because of who he is and it's because of what he's done. It's because of who he is and because of what he's done. And underneath who he is, you know, we just did a series on who he is. We did, you know, Hello, My Name Is, and we, we did Yahweh, and we did Redeemer, and we did Abba. And what's so cool about those three names is they're really diverse. Because God, when we say we worship him and we praise him because of who he is, he's so vast that we have to kind of pull this together. So let me just share with you uh, two reasons under who he is. This is why I worship him, and I think why we come together, and it's worth our time to be here. First one is this. He is infinitely awesome. Now I know I probably say awesome a lot. You know, we all say awesome a lot. No, today he is infinitely awesome. (laughs) Like in the truest sense of the word. Okay. If you have your Bibles, open up to Psalm 145. That's where we're going to be today. Um, The the scripture will be up on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, I know it's always fun to be able to write. uh, Maybe you didn't know this. It's actually fun to write notes and underline and like mark up your Bible. Okay. It's okay. Um, It'll help you remember some of the things that God speaks to you. I'm going to read for you a few verses from Psalm 145 about how infinitely awesome he is. Verse 3, great is the Lord and not only worthy of our praise, he's what? Most worthy. Why? Because his greatness no one can fathom. See, God is so great that I, the way I, I've said it here for the last eight years is you guys, my little pea brain is never going to be able to comprehend the greatness of God. And if I ever got to the point where I thought I got God, that's a really small God. And you don't want a God that you fully understand. You don't want a God that you can get. I'm telling you right now, if you get your God, that's because you need to get your God. That means you need to actually be in control. Because this God is so far beyond you. His greatness, no one can fathom. They speak of, verse 5, they speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I'll meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the glory of your kingdom. This is verse 11. They speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts. And the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and your dominion endures through all generations. You guys, our God is infinitely awesome. And we will worship our work and we'll worship a person that's really cool and we'll worship stuff that feels good. And we have a God who's so far beyond that. So one of the things about our God is he is the creator of all things. I mean, is it not a glorious day today? I mean, serious, what are you doing here? I mean, Sarah, why are you here? See, the only reason I think you should be here is because there's actually something greater in here than it's out there. Of course, he's everywhere, so you could have gone out there and enjoyed him too. But, but, but what we do, you guys, you see this creation. I got to spend this last week up in the, uh, up in the mountains in the Camas area, uh, just on a study, to spend all week studying at a guy's cabin. And right out the, the glass windows were just the mountains. And it was such a beautiful, sunny, deep blue sky and white. And I'm just like... This is incredible. And then the, then the night came right and I'm out in the middle of nowhere and there's this full moon and there's stars everywhere. And you just go, this is awesome. I mean, you guys, creation, is it not beautiful? Yes. And there's one who's beyond the creation. There's one who thought of the universe. 
and place the mountains and the seas and all that you enjoy. Yes, people go in awe of creation and nature because it is beautiful and glorious and majestic. And God is beyond that. See, I'm telling you, that's why we worship him. Because he actually thought all of that. And then, it's crazy, not only did he create all of that, I sit there and I think, and he created me. I only exist because he thought of me. I mean, I'm telling you, sometimes that's just enough right there. I don't need any other reason to worship him other than the fact that I only exist because of him. I mean, why else not worship him? Because he's great and he's awesome and he's mighty. And then he's awesome in power. He's, and then I was driving in this morning and I was thinking about, and God like knows everything. Do you guys know how much knowledge there is out there in the world? Isn't it crazy? Like more than ever, right, in the history of the world. We are so open to how much knowledge there is in the world. And here's what we have though. You have the most brilliant men and women in the world. You hear them speak at a conference and you're in awe of them right? And why are we in awe of them? Because of their vast knowledge. And here's what's interesting. They study and they're they're at the top of their field and all they know is really one thing. You know what that is? There's more to know. And they're the best. They're the most brilliant. And they know there's one thing. There's more to know. And here's the other thing that's crazy. And they're only really good in that field. And then you go to a university and you look at all the classes that are provided and there's so many different fields with people with PhDs who are trying to grasp the vast knowledge. You guys get it? And God is up there going, yep, I get it. I know it all. That blows me away. You know what I love to say all the time is you know everything I don't. He knows everything I don't. I love that. That's why I worship him. And then he's eternal which means this. So we're trying to get God, right? And understand him. And we're limited by time. So we, the only way we can really understand God is we try to figure out God in time. And he's like, I know, but I'm way outside time. I don't even exist in time. I actually created that idea of time. And so how can you fathom a God who's eternal, who can see all things at all times? I mean, it's a boom. You know, you're just, your brain explodes trying to grasp this God and you worship him because you know he knows everything that you don't, that he can do everything that you can't. And he can do everything more gloriously. He's good and he's righteous and he's holy. See, every little God that we go after and we pour our energy and our time and our finances and our love into, whether it's people again, whatever it is, We do that because we think that somehow they're going to make our life what it should be. Oh, you guys, there's only one God. And so the verse here, and and you know what he is? He's Yahweh. That's what we, that was three weeks ago. He's Yahweh. He goes, I am, and I'm beyond it all. And the verse in Psalm 145, I already read him. Did I read him? Okay, good. Forget that. So that's the first one right there. Why do you worship God? Because he's infinitely awesome. Okay? Here's the other reason. Because he is intimately present. This is, this is just the craziness about God. Listen to these verses. Verse 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious. So now he just, he, he just blew us away with how great God is. And then he says... The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He's slow to anger and he's rich 
in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and he's faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on his name in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and he saves them. And the Lord watches over all who love him. Oh, you guys, can you imagine if you worship any person on this planet, you're just worshiping someone who sometimes is this, who, who you taste them being gracious, compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love, being good to all, having compassion, being right in everything they do, faithful in everything they do, near to you when you call, fulfilling the desires of your heart. I mean, aren't those the people you worship? And here's God saying, that's exactly who I am. So last week we just talked about he is Abba. Oh my goodness. Yahweh, infinitely awesome, is intimately present in your life. And here's where it gets crazy, crazy, you guys, is there's not a second of a day that God isn't present in my life. And And he knows every one of my thoughts. He knows all of my desires, all of my fears. He knows all of my secrets. And here's the craziest part. He still loves me. See, God knows you so greatly. In Psalm 139, said, Psalm David said, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my laying down. You are familiar with all my ways. And I love this. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. Could there be anyone more intimate than God? I was saying, you know, Susan was in the first service and I'll, I'll, I'll be as appropriate as I can here. But when you're married and you love somebody and you're experiencing oneness with that person and God gives you this amazing gift of sexuality, of sex, to be able to culminate this oneness, even sometimes in the midst of that, I'll be like, I can't get close enough to her. Do you guys know what I'm saying? And here's God saying, I'm closer than that. When you received me, I actually came and I'm inside your heart every moment of every day. Oh, why do I worship him? Because he's infinitely awesome and he's intimately present in every area of my life and he still likes me. That's why I worship him. And then, so that's who he is, okay? He infinitely awesome and intimately present. And then what does he do? So now we worship him, what he's done. Look at this, verses four through six. One generation commends your works to another. They tell of your mighty acts. They speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty. And I'll meditate on your wonderful works. They tell the power of your awesome works and I'll proclaim your great deeds. All your works praise you, Lord. Your faithful people extol you. They tell of your glory of your kingdom and they speak of your might so that all people may know of your mighty acts and of the glorious splendor of your kingdom. See, here's what's so cool about God is Jesus told us, you guys need to understand something about God. He's always working. He's always working. 
And when you see God, like when you join your life with God and you start to see him do stuff, see, that's all the psalmist is doing is going, holy smokes, unbelievable. They actually said holy smokes too because they were on a mountain. In the, okay, anyway. <laughs> but but that's, that's where that came from. I never thought about that. All right. Um, so, but seriously, they, when they saw God do stuff, it wasn't that he just was awesome in his nature because God's alive and this is a personal experience with him. He works and he does stuff and we worship him and praise him. We set him at the center of our life because of what he does for us. Now, and there's one crazy main thing and we talked about it two weeks ago and that is that God is our redeemer. I'm telling you, if you read my, read my prayer journals, you would see this in my journals all the time. Not all the time, but a lot. I start off and I'll just go, man, God, you are my creator. It still blows me away. It never will stop blowing me away that he thought of me. That I get to exist because of him. And I'll just say, you're my creator and you're my recreator. Not only did you think about me, you came after me. When I was going down a path that would have totally screwed up my life, and I would have been left separate from you, you came after me. You redeemed me. You took what was right, which was me creating me, and that got really wrong, and then you brought it back, and you made it right again. Do you guys understand that? The greatest thing of the greatest act ever of God was sending Jesus Christ to bring us back into relationship with God. You cannot approach a holy God in your sin. You couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And so Jesus said, I don't, that's a problem. I'm going to take care of that. It's the greatest news in all the world. And I'm telling you, if you're a Christian today and you don't like, and you just don't find yourself praising God in your heart, you just got to stop for a second and go, okay, wait, I know life is hard right now. And I wonder where God is. And I don't know why he's doing this, but man, he saved my life. That's enough right there. You created me and you recreated me. This is, this is a great passage for this one right here, man. Ephesians chapter one, listen to this. All praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Even before we made the world, he made the world. We didn't make it, he did. Even before he made the world, God loved us and he chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. That is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace that he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and he forgave us our sins. Now, can you not say amen to that? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, sir, I, you know, I never asked you to do that. So hang on. You're all going, you're, you're telling your friend that you invited. He doesn't, you know, it's not normally like this. But it should be. I mean, seriously, you guys, if this doesn't, again, if you're a follower, if you're not a follower of Christ, I know you can't quite understand the beauty of this yet. But if you are, it should just enthrall you that God saw your lost, pitiful, selfish, broken person and said, man, I love you. I want you on my team. I love him. 
Hmm. All right. So let's go on. So then, why in the world do we come together? Let's move into this. Every week, we get together like this, and in a few minutes, we're going to do this, and we spend a significant portion of our time singing. Why do we sing? You know, Paul in Colossians 3, 16, he says, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And you read the psalms, Psalm 9, they, they all say to do this. Psalm 95, come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come with thanksgiving and stole him with music and song. Woo! All right, Psalm 92, it's good to praise the Lord and to make music to your name, O God. See, the Bible just says every, every, people sing to him. Now, let me just ask you a question. How many of you like to sing? Okay, see, now only about a half of you rose your hand. So I want to say a couple things. If you like to sing, man, just go for it. You know, and, and especially if you like to worship God vocally with your voice and sing to him. Because the reality is some people, some of you today, you maybe dragged yourself here. Your life is so hard and so broken and you're questioning God and you're sitting here. And you know what's really cool? Is for those of you who love to sing and worship, you have a chance to help those of us who are struggling to go, okay, there's something going on there. You can worship even on the behalf and stir your brothers and sisters who need you to. So sing, go for it. Hey, and those of you who don't like to sing, I just want to say, you know, I, partly I just want to say, that's okay. Seriously. It's kind of like this. Have you ever been in a conversation where maybe there's about four or five of you and uh, a couple of them are really kind of driving the conversation and you don't say anything and yet you're totally engaged in the conversation? You guys know what I'm talking about? Sometimes it's not even so much about voicing the words even in here as much as it is participate in the conversation. Experience the presence of God in this place. Now, as I'm going to share with you here, though, in a minute, though, there is something that happens in your heart when you say something, though. Okay, you can't have a really good relationship with somebody and never say something. Okay, here we go. Why do we sing? Why do we praise him? Um, I think because some really cool things can happen in our heart. Here's why we do it. Number one, we praise him and we sing him because we're prone to sin. We're prone to sin. You guys don't know what sin is? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's not just all the bad things you do. Here's what the core of sin is. Sin at its core is when you place yourself at the center of your world. That's what sin is. Sin is when you think about you more than you think about God and think about others. Sin is when everything in the world revolves around you, your decisions, your desires, and you live your life for you. That's, you were not created to do that, and it messes everything up. And, but here's the point. How many of you are prone to do that? Every one of you, by the way. You are. Our, our hearts are prone to sin. We want to put ourselves at the center of things. So here, you know why we get together and praise him? And this is going to give you, oh, I can't wait till we start. So we're going to give you a chance to do this. Is every week, it gives you a chance to remind yourself that the world doesn't revolve around you. Now, on the count of three, everybody do a deep sigh. One, two, three. (gasps) Doesn't it feel good to know that the world doesn't revolve around you? That's a lot of pressure. And the other thing is, this world doesn't do a very good job revolving around you, does it? 
See, and so it's really important. In fact, there is great psychological power in coming to the understanding that your ego and your needs to control and your needs to have everything work for you aren't actually about you. As soon as that clicks in here, something just goes, oh. So every week we come in here to remind ourselves, it's not about me. It's about God. There's only one being that the world actually does revolve around. In verse one, it says this, I will exalt you, my God, the King, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. There is no other king and there is no other God. And I will exalt you and I will praise your name forever and ever. You know, you guys, years ago when I was studying worship, I came up with a phrase that I say all the time. Lots of Sundays just when I'm in here. Here's what worship is for me. You are and I'm not. You are and I'm not. And I'm telling you, it is critical that you do that on a regular basis because you're prone to sin. You're prone to want the world to revolve around you. Here's the second reason we praise him. Because we're prone to wander. We're prone to wander. Psalm 95, verses 1 through 3 says this, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving, extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all gods. And, and, and we talked about this earlier. And I didn't even know, I didn't see you were sitting here. He's right here, by the way, in the third row. If you want to talk to him afterwards, that'd be awesome. Um, but I, I just, but it was so interesting in, in that whole idea, you guys, as awesome as we might know that God is, or if you don't, we, our hearts are still prone to wander after other gods. It's just crazy. Does that not frustrate you? What frustrates me so bad is I need you. To be what I need. Oh, God help me. If you need other people to be what you need and you put them at that level of being a God in your life, you're in trouble, man. If work is that or pleasures are that, which they are, we all struggle with that. So you know why we need to come together on a regular basis? Because we're prone to wander and we need to come back to the reality. There is only one God and he is the king. And he's the only God that's actually worth it. And here's why. Because every other God you worship that you put most value in in your life, every other one of them can be gone tomorrow. Think about what yours are. Do you really want to put the hope of your life in something that can be gone tomorrow? You can lose your job. You can lose your spouse. You can lose your fiance. You can lose your health. You can lose your economy. You can lose all this kind of stuff. See, so if we worship that, if we put the highest value on that and our hearts are prone to do that, oh God, help us praise you. Help us worship you because you alone are God. In verse two of Psalm 145, it says, every day I will praise you and I'll extol your name forever and ever. Every day. See, you guys, by the way, we do this every week. Um, but one hour isn't enough. Is that enough for you? See, it's not enough for me. I need every day to figure out how to get God back in his rightful place because as soon as I leave here, the whole world's gonna go, hey, come on, baby, give me your time. Give me your love. Give me your devotion. Give me your, it just is. And how in the world am I gonna remember there's only one God? I gotta praise him every day. Hey, we have a book in the back. 
David Crowder, if, uh, if you guys know him or not, we, about half our music that we do, here's David Crowder, great, great artist and worship leader. Um, he wrote a book called The Praise Habit. And the first part of it is really, really short about why we need to have a praise habit in our life. And then the whole back is just helping you know how to do it how to actually get this into your life. So I want to encourage you to, to grab that and figure out how to get God in and to praise him actually all the time, all the time, because he's good all the time, okay? Here, here's another application for you. Um, uh, show up here every week. I, I, I know, man, we have like over a few month period, we have 4,000 people who came here, which means a lot of people come some of the time. And I'm just telling you if, you, if you want to remind yourself that God is who he is, you got to praise him on a regular basis. I just want to encourage you, try to make more of a disciplined effort to say, I need every week to gather together with my brothers and sisters and put him in my rightful place because I'm prone to wander, okay? Number three, I'm prone to worry. Anybody else? <laughs> say, man, I'm telling you, man, one of the biggest reasons we need to praise God is because all of us are prone to worry. Look at these verses. 13 and 14, the Lord is trustworthy in all his promises and he's faithful in all he does. The Lord upholds all who fail and he lifts up all who are bowed down. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and he's faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on his name in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears the cry and he saves him. The Lord watches over all who love him all the wicked he'll destroy. I'm telling you guys, um, if you don't know that there's something greater and more powerful and more infinite than the people who are against you right now, if you don't know that there's something, a whole nother eternal life to hope in when a loved one dies or you get really seriously ill, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. That you are. And there's going to be lots of things to worry about and fret about and be scared of. And the reason you need to praise God is because it reminds you he is beyond that. He is over that. And one of the biggest things to have to praise God in the midst of your struggles in your life is because all you can see is what you're seeing and experiencing right now. And he sees the whole thing. The men and women in Scripture, and there's plenty of stories, open your Bible, who struggled and cried out and wondered where God was. Read the Psalms. The truth was, he was in the midst of the suffering as well, and he'll walk you through the valley of shadow of death. Not around it, through it, but he'll be with you. And so all of us need to know we have a God who will not fail and will not let us go and who's with us all the time and who's good and trustworthy. And when you're doubting that, read the Psalms. Read Psalm 13 and 57, by the way. I put those down, 13 and 57 are just two great examples of a psalmist going, where are you? Why are you doing this to me? People are taking me down. I will praise you. I mean, it's just nuts. But it's critical for us to do that. So we're prone to sin. We're prone to wander. We're prone to worry. And the last one is this, is we're prone to praise you guys. Here's the other reason we do this. Because we're just prone to do this. 
I love in the first six verses, the psalmist, he goes, I will exalt and I'll praise and I'll extol and people will commend your works and they'll tell of your deeds. They'll speak, I'll meditate, I'll proclaim, they'll celebrate and they'll sing. I mean, seriously, just read Psalm 145. Those six verses have cracked me up. It's like the guy just is going, I can't get it out enough. He goes, what? Have you ever had something so awesome that you just can't get it out? See, this guy's just trying. And here's what's so funny is, is all of us do this. Did you know that every one of you praise things? Did you know you do that? I mean, we praise our spouses or our kids or a good book or a favorite hike. We praise the Detroit Lions. We praise the weather. We praise good wine and a great meal. We praise actors and singers in colleges. And I mean, isn't it nuts? If anything, here's what C.S. Lewis said. He said, praise is the culmination of our enjoyment of anything. Praise is the culmination of our enjoyment of anything. Whenever there's something that's just good, if you can't get that out, it will drive you crazy. And you will not experience the fulfillment and the satisfaction of that good thing if you can't actually get it out and also if you can't tell somebody else about it. I've often said here that hell is hitting a hole-in-one by yourself. I mean, that would just be horrible. See, because when something good happens, you got to share it. And you got to praise. Can you imagine hitting a hole in one and just being like, well, yeah. No, man, you would go nuts and you go berserk. So here's the deal. We do spontaneously praise whatever we value. And we spontaneously praise anything that's really good. And the reason we do is because it culminates our enjoyment. So let me drive it home right here. When, you're, when you love somebody, really, one of the most frustrating things, you guys have ever, have you ever just been so enthralled? Think back to when you were engaged, when you were in love. For some of you, maybe hopefully right now when you're married and you love this person so deeply. Have you ever gotten to the point where you just can't say it? You can't find the words? You know what's, that, what? All that does is create what? Frustration. So in the midst, you're like, God, you're so awesome. But I, you know, can't get that out. You can't actually enjoy the fullness of the thing. And the other person's on the other side going, you know, yeah, there's a disconnect that's going on because you can't find the words to get it back. Have you ever had the moment when you did? You ever had the moment when, oh, you said the right thing? You gave the right gift. You somehow expressed the praise and the gratefulness that you had for how awesome that person is. You know what happens? It's a magical moment. It culminates the experience of intimacy. When you've experienced something great and you can actually share back the greatness of that to the other person, the two of you become like this. And God is so great. And when you find in your heart how awesome he is and you have words to express back to him his beauty and his glory and his majesty, the Bible says he inhabits your praise. You can experience the presence of God in your heart 
every week here when we praise him and when we worship him. Music and poetry goes to deeper places in your heart than just spoken words will do. So as the band comes up here, you guys, and we close our day, will you take a moment, and I'm telling you, what you want to do, so you guys, first service was great. I'm just looking at these words, and I'm seeing how true they are, and I'm so grateful, and I'm absorbing them into my heart because, yes, God, you're awesome. You're infinitely awesome. You're incredible. God, you love me, and you're so close. God, you are so worthy. God, you have redeemed my soul. See, this stuff is, poetry is going to be on the screen and it's going to give you a chance to express to God how awesome he is. And you're going to be able to put him at his rightful place and the band is going to play and music stirs our soul like nothing else can do. And in this moment, if you'll praise him, not just sing songs, if you'll engage with God and pour back out to him, I'm telling you what will happen is you or your heart will connect with his. And you will have been in the presence of God and you will be strengthened, you will be encouraged, you will find peace and joy and hope because what's true and how awesome he is gets inside here. Okay, so let's stand together. And here we're gonna take our offering right now, you guys, because you guys, just so you know, the offering is worship. See, again, you, you, there's no person who's at the center of your life that you love with all your heart that you just don't flourish gifts on. You just, finances are a way you show your love and devotion. So right here, the reason we take an offering every time is because God is so awesome, and here's your chance to tell him how much you love him. So give freely, give joyfully because of who he is, and let's pray right now for God to inhabit our praise, both in song and in our giving. God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the revelation of your word, of how awesome you are. Thank you for being so present, even in this room right now. I'm gonna ask, Father, would you inhabit these praises as they come to you? And would you come right now into your, and, and even take these gifts, God, that we're gonna give to you. Take them, use them, multiply them. May your glory be displayed through our acts of compassion and service and ministry here in Salt Lake and around the world because of these gifts we give back to you. God, we can't wait right now to tell you, you're awesome. And we love you in Jesus' name.